0: and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile podcast, episode 180. When treatment fails, a conversation with the egg whisperer, Dr. Amy Evazade. Hey loves, I am super freaking excited to be here with you this week, sharing a really powerful interview and conversation that I had with truly one of the coolest people I have met in my career, Dr. Amy Evazade, the egg whisperer. You know, and what's great is we were just thrilled because we have, there's a lot of crossover in our practices. A, a lot of my ladies see her and a lot of her ladies see me. And when given the opportunity for us to connect, it was like, oh, hell yeah. And so through the kindness of one of my ladies, she connected us. And I was like, dude, man, the, the first few minutes of my conversation with Dr. Amy, I was like, dude, where have you been all my life? You know, because when you meet people that are like-minded, have similar values, I mean, it just blows you away. And, you know, this was particularly an important conversation for me coming from the mindset perspective. You know, I really love hearing from professionals in the fertility space that really look at women and and families as, you know, more than just a statistic or more than just an egg and a sperm coming together. You know, and it's really important for us to dig into and remember the humanity and compassion that has to be part of that conversation. So it is a distinct joy for me anytime I can present you with fertility experts that are really into that. Because, you know, Medicine alone doesn't always get us what we want. We got to bring the mind and the body and, and our belief systems all together to really support us in achieving success on this journey. And what I love about Dr. Amy is her whole picture perspective. You know, clearly she's a Harvard trained reproductive endocrinologist operating in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. She's at the top of her game, internationally recognized as an expert. So she is badass. But in addition to that, She also sees the human side of this and really is somebody that looks at her patient as a whole and loves to guide women through this process with curiosity, compassion, and a real drive to help her achieve her goals. So it's just, it's thrilling. So when Dr. Amy and I came together, we were talking and she had this wonderful idea of having a conversation about what to do and what women should be considering when a treatment cycle doesn't exactly go as we had all hoped. And this is critical because our initial instinct is to go into panic and despair. But as a woman who is absolutely committed to success, you know, you got to go beyond that, right? You can't stay in despair and panic. You've got to get to a place where you're thinking, really thinking. And what I love about Dr. Amy's approach is she actually has these really cool mnemonics for breaking down, you know, this. There is a logical and linear set of questions that you should be asking yourself when a treatment cycle doesn't quite work out. And what I also love is that Dr. Amy and I, we feel the same way about quote unquote failure failure is not final, failure is simply more information. We don't see failure as pejorative, it is simply. Okay, something didn't work out. Get curious and see how you can tweak it moving forward. Okay, we fail forward, mamas, we fail forward. So listen up, make sure you have something to write with and write on as you're listening to this podcast because Dr. Amy's gonna be laying down some gold. She's got tons of gems to be sharing with us. And as I said before, her mnemonics are amazeballs. So here is my conversation with the beloved Dr. Amy. Well, my loves, I have the distinct honor and pleasure of having Dr. Amy Avizade on with us today. Dr. Amy is the egg whisperer. We all know and love her as the Harvard-trained reproductive endocrinologist operating in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we are super blessed to have her here today
1: sharing some powerful information. So welcome, Dr. Amy. Uh, thank you, Roseanne. I feel just as blessed. And hello, all my loves.
0: (laughs) I mean, I gotta tell you, Amy, when I realized that we had we're serving women in common, I was just thrilled because one of the things that I always heard about you was how kind and how loving you are in this process. And I want women all over the world who are listening to this, either audio or video, to know that you know there is another approach, which is why I'm so happy to have you here. So why don't we start off by having you share a little bit about you know, what made you want to be a reproductive endocrinologist?
1: Um, for me, it was genetic. Basically, I was born this way, a complete maniac, maniac baby maker. And I blame my father and my grandfather. So both of them OBGYNs and my grandfather and my father also did fertility medicine. And one of my first patients was actually her mother. My grandfather delivered. This is a true story. And then I helped her do IVF on the daughter. And my grandfather also helped her mother get pregnant with Clomid. So it's like, it's just in my blood and I can't do anything else. It's something I'm super passionate about. And then we all have a story, right? So my mom suffered through many miscarriages, some over 20 weeks of pregnancy, And as a young girl, you know, you know, 11, 13 years old, seeing my mom suffer through that, I said, you know what, I don't just want to be an OBGYN. I knew at the age of three, that's what I wanted, but it was in middle school that I knew I also wanted to be a reproductive endocrinologist. And I had my father as an influence and with what he did, obviously I could be mentored by people. And that's exactly what I did. So in high school, medical school, actually just dedicated my life to researching recurrent pregnancy loss. And reproductive endocrinologists, that is what we do is we help women suffering from that and, you know, guide them to a healthy pregnancy. And that's where I created the Angel Method. So if no one knows what that is, just go to angelmethod.com and you'll see what I'm talking about. But that's a five-step approach, to helping women who have miscarriage be less overwhelmed and hopefully get a diagnosis. Sometimes you don't, but at least, you know, you've done the testing ahead of time.
0: Wow. That explains a lot because you can completely tell when somebody is purpose-driven because of the compassion and the love they bring to the entire experience. So that's a really cool aspect of your story that I didn't know. Well, so how did you gain this moniker of the
1: egg whisperer? I love it. And it it really says it all in in a simple phrase. Yeah. So one of my patients came to me she was ready to give up. She was over 40 and she's like, I'm done. I was like, Oh girl, no, you are not done. Just hold on. I'm like, I have a plan for you. So she tried one more time. And then she ended up with her twin boys who are now seven years old. And she gave me as a gift. I didn't know what to do with it. She gave me as a gift, the, the website, eggwhisper.com. She got it off GoDaddy. And she's like, I know one day you're going to do something with this, but you are my egg whisper." And then there was some news. I had like ABC News uh, come to my office and she was actually there doing something. And she actually whispered to the reporter, she's my egg whisperer. And then that's where like the title was there. And then that's kind of how it all began and has continued. And I obviously don't call myself. I don't say, hi, I'm Amy the egg whisperer, (laughs) the maniac baby maker that really wants anyone be a parent, become one in today's times. So, I'm just super honored and she's one of my best friends as you can imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's so well earned. It's so well earned. Well, cool. so let's talk about like what are some of the aspects of your work that you really love because I want women to see this side of an Ari because you know, so much so often we walk into You know, a clinic or an office and we see a white lab coat and we freak out a little bit. We forget that you're human. And I would love for them to see this side of you. So what do you love about what you do?
1: I love figuring out the why. And I know that's what you believe in too. So what is the diagnosis and what can I do to make things so that people don't need my help? And I know that sounds so weird. I actually don't want people to need treatment, but at the same time, I want to be able to treat them but I want them to have the tools that they know what they can do to make things even better on their end so that whatever I do hopefully works the first time. And I know it's not always going to work the first time, but at least we're not going to do treatment and then say, God, I wish I would have known first what we were treating because it's not like just do IVF because we don't know what's wrong. It's let's kind of go through what the different explanations are before we do your treatment. And so that's what I love about my job. And I, and I see patients from all over. And no one's actually sat down with them and said, like, this is why we're doing what we're doing and explained it to them. So they feel lost. They feel hopeless. But I feel like if I can empower people with that knowledge, they're just and no one's excited about doing IVF. I get that, but they (laughs) feel more hope and feel more optimistic. And sometimes that translates into excitement about going through treatment with me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see how, especially for somebody that, you know, may not understand these terms, maybe it's their first foray into some, you know, like a medical condition, you know, or they've never had a health crisis of any kind that to be able to be approached with, hey, this is the information that we have. Let's see what the root cause of this is. Let's see how we can empower you so you can give people options. It's not so overwhelming because I think the other thing that I hear a lot from people is they think that IVF is a last resort. And, you know, the approach that you're talking about is kind of is giving people options and educating so it, all these different options don't have to feel so
1: extreme. So I love that. Talk to us a little bit about what makes your job tough. I mean, I think what makes my job tough is giving bad news. It's so hard to do that. And I do a lot of it. And I have to remind myself that people want this information. They want it as soon as possible. Even though it's really hard for me, I have to put myself in their shoes and realize how hard it is for them to receive it. I still suck at giving people bad news. And I always start with that. I say, you know, I really suck at this. And I'm so sorry to have to share this with you, but I want you to know I have a plan moving forward. I know what we're going to do next. And if now's not the right time to talk about it, we're going to set up a time. And I know people don't get that from clinics elsewhere. You know, no one calls them. It's maybe like an email or a message through the portal or a medical assistant who's well-intentioned that's giving them that news. But that's probably the hardest part of my job. And obviously the hardest part is when I've done everything, like everything imaginable with science. And sometimes it still doesn't work for somebody. And those stories haunt me, but I still know that there's a path and a way forward. It just may not be the way they originally envisioned it to be.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I love that you do that because that actually shows a real astute commitment to the patient experience. Because I mean, think about like having been on the receiving end of a lot of bad news, I can tell you that the thing that I wanted, I just wanted certainty in that moment. I wanted to have a sense of certainty somehow because it felt so big. It felt so outside of my control. I would have given my right arm at the time for somebody to just say to me, okay, this is bad. I'm a little, I'm not so good at this part, you know, and I, you know, But here's what I think we should do moving forward. Here's my plan for you because it feels so much more collaborative. Because sometimes people feel like, you know, there's my side and there's the doctor's side. When in reality, you know, when things are really humming and really things are really going well, we're together on the same side. So, that's a really good segue to a conversation that I've been really looking forward to having with you. It's, it's something that you raised that I think is so smart is how can women approach or how, what's a way that women can, can consider looking at a cycle that didn't quite work out as anticipated, like from a reproductive endocrinologist standpoint, like instead of just going down a dark rabbit hole what are some of the things that women should be thinking about when, some, when a cycle doesn't go the way that we had hoped or expected?
1: Well, I would say, first of all, start gathering your information. And I actually have a mnemonic, as you know, for a lot of things. And my mnemonic for this is embryo diamonds. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want to basically go through each aspect of the embryo diamonds mnemonic and then set up a post IVF consult with your doctor. I do this automatically with my patients. Mm -hmm. So number one is the day your embryos were frozen or transferred. So that's day three, five, six, or seven, the implantation rate of each embryo. And I have patients that have done four cycles before seeing me. They're like, no one told me this. I didn't even know I could ask for this information. So the implantation rate per embryo is dictated by the quality. So you have to know the quality of the embryo. And if you have a doctor that says quality doesn't matter, just say, is there someone in your lab that understands the quality and the implantation rate who can tell me, don't let them get away with that. (laughs) So then finding out which embryos are abnormal and then talking to someone and doing a post test consult with the genetic testing company. If you did PGP to find out what abnormal really means, because sometimes embryos are labeled as abnormal, but they're really not like segmental aneuploidies might turn into perfectly normal babies, chaotic embryos. There are studies that now show that maybe 30% of chaotic embryos may actually be normal. And then find out which embryos are mosaic and what that means, low level, high level. Find out which embryos are, get the official reports on everything, including the semen analysis, the embryo quality, Your and make sure you have it. Don't just rely on someone's phone call to you. Obviously know which one embryos are normal. And then the last thing is also looking at the sperm report, like I said. So going through all of that together, then you'll know, okay, you know, what can we do differently in this next cycle? Was there an embryo quality issue? Because now you know, your embryo quality was the sperm bad that day. Should we add something else like Zymon? So I think that's how you advocate for yourself, gather the information, talk to someone about what you learned about the cycle, what they would do differently, and what your chances are if you tried something again, and what other things you can do to give yourself the best chance possible.
0: Wow. I hope all everyone listening wrote that down and if not pause it go back and listen to that again because that's really powerful information Dr. Amy. I mean like I, I remember sitting, you know, in in post transfer meetings, you know, and just being told that my eggs were old and that was it and it was like, "Huh?" You know, but what you're offering here is a really empowering approach like let's see where the breakdown is. And I think that empowers people not just with information, but to make choices based on, on truth as opposed to fear,
1: which changes the game completely. Wow. Wow! Yeah. You, like- you feel like you're more in control by having the knowledge and the information. It feels a little like you're, you're a little bit more powerful and driving the situation a little bit more. Obviously, we don't have control over the outcome, but at least knowing the information, you're feeling less lost. And I think that's what people described. They feel lost. Like no one's helping them. No one's telling them anything and no one cares about them. So sometimes we have to advocate for ourselves and ask for this information.
0: Right. Right. And that's information that a patient has a right to get.
1: 100%. 100%. And I have patients that say, oh, they won't tell me what the abnormalities are. I'm like, that's actually illegal. They have to tell you there's a law in place that your information is yours, your data. It's not like we're living in another country where actually there are no laws around that. In this country, there are well-established laws that dictate that you actually need are the owner of your own information and data. I
0: love that. And like, listen up, ladies, you're going to want to get this information because I, I think you're absolutely right. The information is empowering. And I mean, Along those lines, I mean, do you feel like it's a different experience when you have an empowered
1: patient? Absolutely, and I empower my patients with these things from the very beginning. So all my IVF patients get access to my IVF course, and I also teach them these things along the way, like my Sparkle method and Sparkle checklist. Like those are like the five things you need to know at each visit: the size of your follicles, the protocol, what your pyramid looks like, am I happy, when the retrieval is going to be, what your lining looks like, and what your estrogen levels are. And it's like. People can go through five cycles and not have that information. It's just baffling to me. But if you go in knowing that that's actually the information that your clinic's gathering about you, you can then be a part of your cycle and like feel like a participant and not an observer. So yeah, I feel like when I engage my patients, I feel like they're more satisfied and they know that I've done everything possible to help them, even if the outcome wasn't good.
0: Yeah, you know what, that is game changing, Dr. Amy, because I think that's a that's a big deal. Because I think so many people feel like, okay, I don't, I couldn't pass a a math and science class, like there's nothing here for me. You know, and I think people get suspicious of what they don't understand. And I think the kind of transparency and the kind of advocacy that you you stand for is really giving people the opportunity. To get really involved and, and not feel like they don't have answers and, and not feel like they don't have hope, that they, they can make more informed decisions each step of the way and knowing that they're supported by you. So, that, I mean, so that leads us to another thing. Let's talk about statistics because I think that's one of the things that, like, you know, my ladies always complain about, like feeling absolutely overwhelmed. By statistics, you know, we hear, you know, oh, well, you have a 0.0, you know, whatever chance of getting pregnant. And and people kind of give up when they hear stuff like that. So from your perspective, like, how do you look at these statistics? And, and what are some critical thinking, you know, I guess angles that you would suggest women take when they hear what may
1: seem daunting? So I, it's all about your mindset. So and the way I communicate things, I hope that it keeps people feeling positive. And so the way I frame it is, look, your chances are not zero. OK, at some point they will be, but they're not zero today. So if you want to take a chance based on what those chances are that I'm going to describe to you based on your age, your AMH and your follicle count, I will help you. And I always describe to patients what my experience is with patients at their age. And I think that's very important. To hear, because there are some doctors that have never had a patient over the age of 43 get pregnant with a healthy baby, even 42. I have, right? And so I can tell a patient, you know, based on other patients in your same situation, this is what I've seen. Would you like me to take you through that experience? Or would you like to have another experience? And obviously anyone over, you know, even 35 has a better chance with, let's say, a donor egg. Not that there's anything wrong with donated eggs. There isn't but most people people are coming to me because they want a chance with their own DNA first. Mm-hmm. That's how I approach the statistics talk. And then I also make sure that people understand their statistics and are planning appropriately. So if let's say you're 37 years old, you know, are you doing enough IVF cycles now? So you can have the two or three kids that you want rather than think of it as I'm just doing one cycle, I get one embryo and I'm just going to worry about baby number two in two years at that time. So I think Not just knowing, you know, the why behind what you're doing, but what is it going to take to get what you want? Because of that, why I think is really important as well. And talking to someone about that from the beginning is really key for your future fertility planning.
0: Dr. Amy, where were you? (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I met you so much or sooner is like, you know, because I, I love that more strategic, bigger picture approach. And really taking I mean that just goes to show that you're actually listening when a woman is sharing you know how she wants to create her family, how she wants to build it, what is her, her, her end goal, like what does she really want? And, and I think that's such a refreshing approach. you know and one of the things that I noticed when I was learning about you, I know you have all these these different you know little sayings and these little shortcuts for how you, you know you give this information to people, but I noticed that there's the team approach. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love about you and I, and I think is really groundbreaking in a lot of ways and very, and shows a ton of leadership is how you encourage your patients to seek therapy and support in this process. Um, I
1: would love it if you would share like, why, like, why is that important to you? Yeah. Now more than ever, people are really stressed. It's hard to If someone says to me, I'm not depressed or anxious right now. I'm like, really? Like we kind of all are like, how can you not be? Just look at CNN, scroll anything on your phone, anything, Instagram, Facebook. It's kind of depressing out there. And then add being a fertility patient on top of that. Oh my God, we all need to be wrapped in bubble wrap right now. And we need to be told that we're important and that our family and our health matters and our goals and dreams matter. And so I can do as much as I can, but I feel like there should be even more support around my patients right now. Three years ago, I wasn't telling people to see a fertility coach or talk to a therapist in the same way. Now it's like I want people, when I'm about to call them about their pregnancy test, whether it's good news or bad, I want them to have an appointment with their therapist the same day. You know, when I'm about to give them news about their embryos, same thing. I want them to have an appointment ready to go to talk to their coach or therapist, you know? So I feel like this experience of being a fertility patient, one of the biggest side effects, it's not cancer, it's depression, PTSD, and anxiety. And if we can prepare and heal people along the way, that's so much better than waiting three years after you've been scarred for life to try and do that work, you know? So it's best to be have it done in real time than after the fact.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and it's so funny because I think that what time has done is I think make Us, you know, really look at the value of having that support. Because I think the days of, oh, I'm just going to tough this out are over. I think the last couple of years have really shown that having the right coping skills, you know, having somebody there to challenge limiting beliefs and really encourage you to keep going is so critical because there's so much negativity coming from so many different angles. And I think the other reality is, is, You know, you probably see it from your perspective is, you know, here's this very powerful woman coming in. She's, you know, got this amazing career, but this is something completely different than some kind of work challenge or, you know, the next startup that she's doing. It is completely different.
1: It's, it's such a matter of the heart. It's completely different. And then all of a sudden it becomes the only and most important thing that she wants in her life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I see that. And I was going to say something else, but I for- totally forgot that it was good. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably come to you. Oh, mindfulness. That's what I was going to say. It's, I'm so surprised. Probably like 5% of my patients have ever taken a course on mindfulness and meditation. And yeah. so I'm always like, you've got to find your mantra, your meditation. You got to do it, whatever it is. Like you got to have it on your phone. That saying, just like you said, you know, write something down where you tell your clients, put it up, look at it. Like we, I have that, you have, we all need that. So just teaching people about that team and getting that support and learning that is really important through the process of being a patient.
0: Yeah. And I love that because, you know, it's funny. I remember when I was still practicing law, I remember uh, the California state bar came in and was trying to teach a room full of lawyers how to meditate. And we're all there on our phones, rolling our eyes, like what? you know, like, what does this even mean? But I, I think circumstances have changed. And I think we've grown as a, as a society and culture, I think where we begin to value this. And, and I think that from where you sit, you get to see what a difference it can make for people. And I, and I really admire and appreciate your appreciation for that, because it can make all the difference in the world. Well, so I would love to know, and I'm sure the ladies listening would love to know, From your perspective, like, what is it that you would want women living this journey to know? I mean, you come from a long line of good people helping women have babies. Like, this is such a a powerful perspective that you bring to the table. So what would you want women to know?
1: That there's no shame in going through this process and that you're worth it. And I feel like that's kind of the message that I have for people today. It was a different message, let's say five years ago, 10 years ago, but for today, it's you're worth it. And there's no shame and love yourself and take care and nurture yourself as if you're pregnant. And I see people hurting themselves and not eating right, drinking too much, doing drugs because they're just waiting to get pregnant. And then they want to transform and then do all those things. But what I want to tell people is you're worth it right now. Start babying yourself right now and manifest and believe that you will be a mother and you're going to have that baby in your arms. And I think it's okay to think that. People are scared to believe that. They're scared because they feel like they're going to get disappointed. But I want people to believe that and to do those things now.
0: I don't know, Dr. Amy. I'm pretty sure that thousands of women all over the world right now are wishing they could shrink you into a tiny doll and tuck you into their back pocket because they're thinking to themselves, I need to talk to Dr. Amy. Because here's a Very accomplished physician. Thousands of babies have been born in your practice, and you're talking about manifestation and you're talking about being worth it. And that's those are two things that I think change everything on this journey is to remember that you are worth it and that, you know, what we think about, we bring about. And if this desire, like I tell my ladies all the time, if this desire in your heart to be a mom is there, it's there because it was meant for you. And what a gift that women have you as a resource, Dr. Amy, to help them get there. So I would love it. Okay. So we know that there's the Egg Whisperer podcast, the Egg Whisperer show on YouTube. You're serving so many women that way as well. What are some of the other ways that women can get in contact with you if they not only would love to have you as part of their journey, but if they want all of this beautiful information that you've shared with us today?
1: So I love the courses. The courses are basically a live interaction, one-on-one, not one-on-one, but it's like one-on-20. I join the classes to 20 participants. And it's a way to get all my tips and tricks and tools. And I kind of explain all the mnemonics. I run about two IVF classes a month. I have an egg freezing class. I have a TUSHY method class, which is basically a fertility awareness class and how to come to the why or the diagnosis. And I go through that in that class. I do that once every three to four months. That's a great way. Of learning about my approach without you know necessarily needing to be my patient, but of course, if you want to be my patient, you just schedule a consult through my website.
0: Great, great, Doctor Amy. Well, I am so grateful that you made the time uh, to be here today. And man, the kind of service that you're doing in the world—I just really blessings to you and blessings to your family for for what you do and and for your approach because it's not only changing lives. I know that women are going to be inspired listening to this to advocate for themselves more to remember that they're worthy
1: and to give themselves a chance. So thank you for spending the time here with us. Oh, thank you, Roseanne. And just seeing that pink neon sign, fearlessly fertile, (laughs) just, you know, it's all about manifestation. And I just, I feel a little fertile leaving here right now.
0: You just might be lady. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks, Roseanne. Have a great day.
0: My loves, is just me or did you just love Dr. Amy so much that you want to lovingly shrink her down, tuck her into your back pocket and carry her around all day because you're like, holy shit, I had no idea a reproductive endocrinologists could be like this. I mean, not only is she insanely compassionate, but a reproductive endocrinologist that uses the word manifestation will always have my vote, always have my vote because they get it. Mind, body, work together and using your mind to your advantage, which is so much of what she was talking about, like all the beautiful mnemonics she shared, really thinking like a woman committed to success because you're asking really powerful questions, you're getting more information, rather than just staying stuck in a place of immobilization and self-pity. It's about empowerment. So I really do encourage you, if you are inspired by this conversation, go to Dr. Amy's website. It's Dr. Amy, that's A-I-M-E-E dot org. Check out what she's got on her website. She's got all kinds of really great resources there, really great ideas, articles. And check her out on social media, watch her videos, just really take in all of this goodness. Because look, you hear me say it all the time, and, and it applies here too. This desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you, okay? We don't always know when, we don't always know how, But we know that when you are committed to being a mom, you will find a way. So definitely check out Dr. Amy. All of the good stuff that she's putting out in the world is is given with such a heart for service. So be sure to check it out. And one last takeaway from all of this, my loves, it should be abundantly clear that throughout my conversation with Dr. Amy, there is a strong mind-body component to all of this. Not just the logical and linear process that she was walking us so generously through, With her mnemonics, but it's also what you believe. We're talking about manifestation. It's creating this life that you want to live. It's really thinking, believing, and taking action like a woman who succeeds on this journey. And if that's something that you want to do, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say, hell yes, to covering their bases, mind and body. So you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for an interview for this program, go to my website, wwwfrommaybe 2 and apply for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset,